Several years ago, I had the privilege to go on a pilgrimage to uh, Israel with, with a group of other Christians. And among that group happened to be my son, Simon. Now, he wasn't originally um, planning to go. The reason why he got to go was this. Uh, we, had, we had begun um, designing and planning the trip about a year before we actually left. And in the meantime, during that course of that year, Lisa got a new teaching job and we were going in January and it wasn't going to be uh, appropriate for her to leave in the middle of her first year, in the middle of a school year for about 10 days. And we had already paid for the trip. So uh, Simon said, I'll go. And we took him and it was, it was God ordained because it ended up being one of the most life altering, um, wonderful experiences that a father and son could share together that I can imagine. Um, both of us were transformed and I, I know that he feels the same way. It was, uh, I'm so glad that we got to go together. One of the things that one of the trips or parts of the trip that we enjoyed the most was uh, when we went to uh, the Mount of Olives. Now, one of the things I discovered about being in Israel is that we often, I, I, I have this image of the history of the Bible playing itself out over, over this grand course of, uh, of a country, when in fact, um, you can travel from one end of Israel to the other in about an hour and a half. Did you know that? Um, I tell you that because I didn't know that the Mount of Olives was a mountain, is a mountain that, that is literally a stone's throw from the city of Jerusalem. And upon that mountain was or is the Garden of Gethsemane. Of course, the Garden of Gethsemane is the place where uh, Jesus would often go to pray um, he, it, that was the place where he went to pray and he was ultimately um, betrayed by Judas, remember? Anyway, uh, when we were on, in the, on the mountain of uh, Olives and in the Garden of Gethsemane, which is east, just east of Jerusalem, uh, as we were walking through the garden, our host pointed out something to me that I thought was astounding. Um, how many of you were able to see my midweek video that I put out? If you saw it, there was, there was a couple of images in there uh, of the Garden of Gethsemane, but I didn't put in, and I should have, I don't know why I didn't. There's, a, there's one particular uh, picture that I have. It's of a tree that according to experts, that tree is estimated to be old enough that it was actually alive in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was, was walking and praying on that holy ground. Isn't that kind of amazing to think that there's a tree that was alive today, that is alive today, that was alive even when Jesus was walking through the Garden of Gethsemane. I thought that just blew my mind. One of the other images that is burned into my mind from that, from that experience was when we were standing on the top of, Mount, of the Mount of Olives, you could look down over the entire city of Jerusalem. It was, and to think all the history that has, world history, that has played out in that one um, city was, was overwhelming to me as I thought about it. And all these stories from scripture began to cloud, uh, just go through my mind as I, as I was envisioning the, the site that was before me. It's another perspective of that very same scene, however, that I want you to focus on with me today. 
instead of looking down from the Mount of Olives, I want you to imagine standing in the city of Jerusalem, looking up at the Mount of Olives. For today, as we um, continue in our sermon series on um, worship, I'm going to uh, share with you another very important reason why we are called to worship our God. If you have your Bibles, we're going to start in the Old Testament book of Zechariah. I don't know the last time you've been in the book of Zechariah, but you have your Bibles. Open it up to Zechariah 14, and we'll begin our journey right there. And as you're doing that, let me give you a little context as I try to do every week. Here in Zechariah uh, chapter 14, it's not the most uplifting passage of Scripture for a Father's Day, but it'll start to make sense as we get a little further into it. In Zechariah 14, what you will begin to read is a scene that is unfolding that is filled with fear and chaos. It's actually a scene that is strikingly similar to scenes that are being played out around the world today. Um, in this scene, as you, as you begin to get a flavor of what's going on, and people are feeling that fear and the chaos, they are also starting to feel helpless and hopeless. It's there in verse 4, in Zechariah 14, 4, that um, hope is injected into the, into the fear and the chaos. For it says that um, on the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, the Lord himself will appear and take authority and take control over the fear and the chaos that is enveloping the people of God. Doesn't that sound good? To know that in the midst of the, of the, the fear and the chaos, the helplessness and the hopelessness, the Lord himself will appear right there on the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem. Now here's what's ironic. This, this prophecy was actually written hundreds of years before Jesus' birth. But most scholars will, will agree that this prophecy wasn't about Jesus' first coming. It's actually a prophecy of his second coming. That in the midst of fear and chaos, the Lord himself will appear, taking control and authority over, over um, fear and chaos, helplessness and hopelessness. This isn't the the only time, however, in Scripture where the people of God are encouraged to look east unto the mountains. Now I'd like you to turn, if you would, to Psalm 121. In Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2, it says this, I lift my eyes into the hills. He's talking about the Mount of Olives. He says, as I lift my eyes unto the hills, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord because, because it was known, it is known, it has been known for hundreds if not thousands of years that the Lord himself will, will appear in the midst of hopelessness and helplessness. And he will take control and authority over the chaos and the fear. He said, I lift my, my eyes into the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. Now listen to me. Last week, if you were with us, and you know, as we've been in the midst of this sermon series on worship, one of the things we learned last week, one of the reasons why we worship God is because God is creator. Well, here in Psalm 121 verses 1 and 2, we are being reminded of that once again, right? That 
We need to offer our praise and our worship to God because God is our creator. We wouldn't exist if it wasn't for God. So for that very reason, for that reason alone, God is worthy to be praised. But in this passage of scripture where it says we lift our eyes into the hills to the, to the Mount of Olives, where can we find our help? We can know in the midst of hopelessness and helplessness, our help is in, not in the government, not in our father or our mother. Our help is in the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. Our God is worthy to be praised because he is where we can find hope and help. Especially when it feels as though there is no hope or help. Especially when it feels like the world is filled with fear and chaos. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I don't know about you, but these last few months, I've been in great need of some hope and some help. Amen? I was having a conversation with my brother. Uh, many of you know that my brother's a pastor as well. And oftentimes when we get together, we like to sit and theologize and, and talk, you know. And as we were sitting the other day and visiting, we were um, trying to en uh, envision what the future would hold. As we, as we considered the, the current circumstance, we were trying to envision what would need to happen for the world to be brought out of the tailspin that we find ourselves in right now. And ironically, the more possible futures that we considered, the more discouraged we became because we, we realized if, if this particular scenario plays itself out, then we're probably going to go down that hole. If this particular scenario plays out, we'll probably go down that hole. It was not an uplifting conversation. I love my brother. But I was ready to leave right about that point until he reminded me. We reminded each other. That none of what we're going through right now comes as a surprise to God. Did you know that? Everything that you are experiencing right now, we are experiencing in the world today. Everything from the pandemic to uh, racial injustice to uh, murder hornets. Have you heard about the murder hornets? None of it comes as a surprise to God. In fact, in the hands of God, all of it will work together to fulfill his ultimate plan. Did you hear what I just said? In other words, what I'm saying, what, what our whole passage today is saying is that our God is worthy to be praised because... There is help and there is hope no matter how much fear and chaos, helplessness and hopelessness we may be experiencing. There is always hope and help in the Lord if he is the Lord. You see, here's the truth. You know it as well as I do. Not everybody in this world has claimed the help and the hope of God. And I'm telling you right now, if, if I were one of those persons who had not claimed the help and the hope of Jesus, I would be totally overwhelmed by the circumstances of life right now. 
but through no credit of my own. Because the Bible says, I have been saved by grace through faith. It's only by God's grace that I even have the opportunity to have faith. But because of God's grace through faith, I can look to the future for hope and for help. Why? Because my help was in the name of the Lord, a maker of heaven and earth. My destiny is not determined by the circumstance of life. My destiny is determined by my Jesus. And you have the same opportunity. Now, I don't know what you're feeling. I don't know what you've been feeling, but maybe some of you just needed to be reminded today that your help and your hope is in Jesus and not in the world, not in your government, not in your mom and dad, and not in your kids, not in your bank account, but your help and your hope is in Jesus. If you just needed to be reminded of that today, God bless you, because I just did. But it's possible that there are people here today who can't experience that help and that hope because you've never made the choice. You see, it doesn't matter whether your mom and dad were uh, faithful churchgoers or whether you went to Sunday school your whole life or whether your grandpa and grandma were elders in the church. If you've not made the decision to accept Jesus Christ into your heart as Lord and Savior, that help and that hope that is, that is promised in Scripture will, be, will never be anything that that you can rest in because it doesn't belong to you until you belong to him. Right? So um, in just a moment, we're going to conclude our service just as we do every week. And um, the, the praise team will lead us in our last worship song. And in the event that there is anybody here this morning who has never accepted Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, I'm going to be standing right over here underneath that tree, and it would be my honor and my privilege to pray with you that prayer, if that's what you need. Most of you probably have already prayed it, but in the event that you haven't, and you're looking for that hope and that help, um, it would be my privilege to offer it to you today. Friends, let's stand and let's conclude our worship by singing the song to Jesus.